The Talking Point on SAFM. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. It is seven minutes after 10 a.m. and I'm coming to you live from the Iziko Museum out in uh, the city of Cape Town. Uh, this is the official start of the countdown to the World Science Forum taking place here uh, in South Africa next month. The first time it is being held uh, on African soil by an African nation state to the United Nations. Uh, the theme this year is around social justice. Uh, effectively, what the theme is imploring is for science and scientists uh, to do science for social justice, in the name of social justice, for research and development uh, to be with that at the back of mind or in the front of their thinking all the time as they do that. Uh, but there's an entire ecosystem around it that needs to be explored and spoken about and understood. Uh, and joining me to have this conversation is Guy Brook, who's the Regional Program Specialist for Natural Sciences at the United Nations Educational, Scientific and Cultural Organization, which you and I call UNESCO. Guy, thank you so much for your time and joining us here on SAFM. Really, really do appreciate it. M maybe let's start here. Why is there a need to implore science and scientists and the, and the world of science to think about social justice in their pursuance of science? Uh, has, has that not always been the case? And history points to some examples where that hasn't been the case. But why is that exploration now more important than ever before? Thank you very much, and, and thank you for having me. Um, you're right, actually, that that question is, is quite old. It's, it's as, old, as old as UNESCO. Um, if, if I could just take you back a bit, UNESCO was intended to be UNECO, um, because at the time of the establishment, uh, just after two world wars, the idea was that, uh, you know, in our, in our constitution, there's often a quote used that wars start in the minds of humans, so it's in the minds of humans that you have to build ideas for peace. And therefore, they had the idea that we needed an organization that looks at equal access to education, just like the World Health Organization looks at equal access to good health care and so on. Yeah. And then, uh, at the same time, culture cultural respect for diversity globally because if you don't have those the risks of conflicts are are much bigger and then how did the science come in it's it's really only at the conference that people started saying but wait a minute science is influencing humankind all the time since since we started thinking about how can we do things why do things happen like that yeah and and yet uh, science also has a potential negative impact on the world Mm, mm. On the one hand, because it tends to increase the difference between those who have and those who don't have, because those who have have access to new science, so their advantage increases. Th those who don't have often lag behind. They don't have the same access. On the other hand, because science itself can cause a lot of damage. It's not a coincidence that UNESCO was uh, established three months after the bombing on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Oh, wow. That, that influenced the thinking of people of saying, wow, this science, we also have to be careful mm. what, what, what we are doing. So to get back to your, to today actually, uh, the, the theme and the conference was probably planned uh, three, four years ago. And 
it's it's interesting how much even much more meaningful since then it has become because mm. you we, we've had our pandemic uh, we have globally I would say at least tension between countries in some cases war uh, and then of course we have massive challenges we have we have a million species threatened because of the way humans live we have uh, we managed to go that far to actually influence the climate of the of the planet mm. that's the, uh, because of the the impact that we have so now suddenly we have we have all these huge challenges uh, that that society has to face and that usually affect vulnerable people the as i said the mm. have nots uh, much more than others because th think of someone who lives on an island and who is poor and the island will disappear Mm. That person has no options. Mm. A rich person can say, well, I just move somewhere else. Mm. So, so vulnerable people are much more affected by, by all these challenges that I mentioned, including war. And, and they look at the world looks at science to find solutions. Mm. Uh, mm. And that's, that's the challenge we have. And, and a conference like this uh, is a step. And of course... It's, it's just a step and we have to take it beyond conversation and, and trying to actually come up with, with ideas to improve things. And it's not easy. Mm. Are, we, are we using science? Are we not overburdening science to solve for non-scientific problems? That is to say, you know, a, a lot of people are arguing that water is going to become a tradable commodity on the stock exchange, uh, stock exchanges across the world, and the world's biggest resource tension is going to be around access to water. And then we look to scientists and we say, hey, how can we have more water when really it's not about getting more water but changing human behavior more than it is about solving the scientific problem of access to water or the proliferation of water. Where do those two things meet each other? Uh, the human aspect, the non-scientific human aspect, and the scientific uh, technical element of it. Absolutely, you're absolutely right. Um, we, let's face it, we, we live in an unsustainable way right now. If we, if we want to continue this way and, and we want everyone to live the way uh, people who live well can live today, we need four planets. And unfortunately, we, <laughs> o we only have one, so that's not going to happen. Uh, so the way we live definitely has to change. Uh, the way the Western world lives, lives to call it like that, uh, is not feasible uh, to, to for, for the entire world. So we, we have to scale back there. Uh, on the other hand, uh, I, where I, I would make a point is for you gave the example of water, for instance. It, it, it goes both ways because, for instance, for to determine uh, what is feasible in terms of using water resources, you also need science. Uh, yeah. I, I think, for instance, here in, in Southern Africa, we rely a lot on groundwater. Well, groundwater you don't see, so you don't really know how much you have. You don't really know how much you can use, mm. because you can use it. There's no problem in using mm. groundwater, but you have to figure out how quickly it gets replenished, for instance. And that, for that, you need science. So it's it's a combination of the two. We need we need to know as much as possible uh, about our natural resources, mm. about about what causes what, and and how you can manage sustainably. Uh, and then at the same time, we do need to live differently. You're absolutely mm. right. Mm. And, and and thinking about uh, some of the social justice elements of it, right? A lot of it has to do with 
as you mentioned earlier, cultural diversity was important, but how adverse moments ha uh, impact us is also different based on class, gender, race. For instance, COVID-19 uh, impacted poorer countries more than it did well-off countries. And even in the poorer countries, the impact wasn't distributed equally. The impact of COVID-19 uh, impacted rural uh, communities more than it did urban communities in South Africa. It impacted black women more than it impacted any other uh, uh, demographic, for instance. Um, and the scientific response didn't necessarily always take that um, incongruent impact into consideration. Um, is there a continued way in the thinking and the application of science that we need to reimagine uh, in where and how science is applied and not just on the solution itself? Yes, absolutely. Um, I think what you're raising is also that the, the, the agenda for science, the research agenda or, or uh, R&D or whatever we call it uh, is, is usually set by the, the same kind of in-crowd. It's, mm. it's most, mm. mostly men mm. and, and men who are focused on science, uh, not so much on society. Mm. So, so the agenda is more set on, on scientific interest than on societal interest. Mm. And there's an interesting example because you mentioned uh, gender and, and the, the pandemic crisis. Um, I noticed, well, in, we did interviews with uh, 30 or 40 science, w women in science uh, during the pandemic. And uh, one of the interesting things that was brought up is that uh, before the pandemic, women have been, in science, women have been arguing for many years to, to have more flexible working hours. And, and that was always the argument to say, well, their careers are hampered because they have to be home more often and, and you know, it's, it's difficult for them to, to make the same career than a man. And nobody ever invested a lot in working from home mm. and in ways of addressing that. And when we had a pandemic, suddenly it was possible. Mm. Because now men and women wanted to work from home and, and wanted to find a way to continue their jobs. Uh, and, and we've actually made major breakthroughs. So now, hopefully, at least in that uh, sector, uh, the argument of flexible work time is, is no longer really valid. It should be possible for men and women to, mm. to do part of their work from home. Uh, so, so sometimes the consequences can be positive without, without intending them. But you, but you are right. Uh, it's, uh, it's a setting of the agenda that we, that we need to influence, which is one reason why you, you have this type of forum. And, and, and what really is the goal of the forum at the end of it all? So it's taking place next month. There's a declaration that comes out of all of this. How should that be implemented? Do countries pay attention to how that, or is it just another talk show? Um, huh. I work for the United Nations, so that's a, <laughs> that's a, that's a tough question to, to ask. I, I think uh, it's, it's a fair question. Um, I think in many instances conferences uh, are also organized with good intentions uh, but the, the the conversion into action is is often a challenge it's a bit like policy making you have you can have mm. lo lovely policies but the action is often the the challenge maybe humans are better at thinking and planning than are actually doing mm. things mm. but yes you what what we want out of this uh, are uh, commitments um, and if I can give you an example of, of recent uh, uh, events that we organized, 
um, in last year uh, UNESCO uh, organized the recommendation on open science which will also be an important topic at this conference so the idea of open science is that the, the results of science should be accessible to everyone mm. and also that everyone should be able to participate in science at the same time uh, and so that's a that's a very important uh, topic that will come up in again in this conference so we, we hope that specifically for uh, particularly for Africa also that um, there will be more specific declarations on this because the, the you can say access to everyone uh, access of scientific findings of knowledge for everyone but in Africa you or in many parts of Africa you you don't have the same opportunities to to get access it's mm -hmm. easy it's easy to say well the research is available online but if you're a young researcher somewhere who doesn't have the same facilities to go online you mm. can't do that mm. uh, so that's one example on open science that we we, we try to uh, the, these commitments are important uh, we then want to influence decision makers into converting these uh, these commitments into funding into action uh, so, so it's important to start with that to, yeah. to, to go to them and say look this was agreed by a thousand people at that conference and in my experience it does have an impact for us for an org as an organization we can take that to member states and say look you need to help us to do this mm -hmm. Key, thank you so much for your time really really appreciate it uh, and thank you so much for your insights invaluable insights and I hope you guys have a fantastic and fruitful conference here in the lead up to the World Science Forum taking place uh, next month that's Guy Brook the regional program specialist for natural sciences at the United Nations Educational Scientific and Cultural Organization UNESCO